At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. What's going on, folks? Welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for being with us on this Monday evening for the next hour. Got plenty to uncover throughout the Bulls game tonight, the rest of the NBA slate, and a little bit of hockey action. So let me tell you what we got lined up. 15 minutes from now, Nick Whalen, one of our top NBA guys, love getting his insight when we have a very good slate to look forward to, which, of course, we do tonight. He will be joining us in 15 minutes. If you don't know Nick, he is the NBA editor over at Rotowire. So we'll be looking forward to his plays for this evening in 15 minutes. And then in a half hour from now, part of the CityCast family, Frank Hanrahan, host of the D.C. CityCast, not only will talk some hoops tonight, but... What about the Commanders? Who are the Commanders going to land as their quarterback for the upcoming season? We have some interesting odds up, and I know Frank's got plenty of thoughts on it, so we'll let you know who's making the top of the list. End of the show, same drill. We've got Danny's Dimes, one play in hockey, and then we'll recap some of the plays that I will be discussing pretty much right now for the Bulls game we have tonight. They're on the road in Miami against the heat so you know me i mean if we're getting a bulls game we're already riding the derozan train pretty hard and uh all these games are going to be tough coming down to the wire and very intriguing from not only a postseason perspective but from the mvp race perspective now it's a tough matchup tonight and also catches a lot of attention because these are the two top teams in the eastern conference the bulls well they dropped one a tough one they came back couldn't come through with it on Saturday against the Grizzlies, but now they can potentially just avenge that loss and still get some nice momentum because the thing about the Bulls, they've had struggles defeating top teams. That's been their narrative this season and could likely be the case tonight against the number one team in the East, the Miami Heat, who are now a game ahead of them. The Bulls are a combined 1-10 against the six other teams that started this past week with a winning percentage of better than 600. The only team they beat was Utah earlier this season. Miami, they've already lost to twice. And you just lost to Memphis on Saturday at home in a game where a lot of people probably thought you should have taken advantage of it. But what does that do for DeRozan and what does that do for his MVP candidacy? Well, I don't think it's going to make that big of an impact considering he's still got 30-plus. 
it all matters what you can do in the next game. And the next game being tonight, which is even a bigger game considering Miami is the team ahead of you in those standings. So, yes, the Bulls are coming off a loss this past weekend, whereas Miami on the other side, uh, they're on a nice little winning streak coming into this spot. They've won their last three games, and again, they have already defeated the Bulls twice this season. On the injury front, Booch is day-to-day -day for the Bulls, but realistically, he is probable and is going to play for the Heat, Markeith Morris is out and Kyle Lowry is out. Now, Lowry's been out for a decent amount of this season, honestly, but he has played in those first two games against the Bulls and really had a considerable impact. The first game had 19 points and six assists. Second game had 16 points and 14 assists. So his absence will probably be felt to a certain degree, although the Heat still have had a lot of success without him, clearly, because if he's missing a majority of the games, they're still at the top of the East. Ain't doing too shabby. But the first game, Bulls lost 107-104. Next matchup where both the Bulls and the Heat were injured. Miami won that game 118-92. Now, I always like to throw out some of these stats to kind of give you an idea of where the advantages may be for both teams. And when we look at the Chicago team that is still missing key defensive pieces, their strength has been their offense. They're fourth in points per play. And you look furthermore in terms of offensive effective field goal percentage, they're fifth. But the thing is, when you go against a team like Miami, they can counter that. Defensively, they're a very sound team. They're fifth in defensive points per possession, points per 100 possessions, allowing opponents just 108. And they're 14th in defensive effective field goal percentage, about 53%. But the big thing to note out here about this Miami team is they're allowing their opponents to connect on just 41.5% of their shots from mid-range. And why that's important is because collectively as a unit, the Bulls take a majority of their shots from mid-range. DeMar DeRozan, for example, their leading scorer, has over 70% of his shot attempts coming from mid-range. Now, when you look at Miami's offense, they can certainly take advantage of this Bulls defense. So 38% of Miami's shots come from beyond the arc. And as we know, the Bulls not great when it comes to defending the three. They are 28th, allowing opponents to make 37% of their shots from three-point land. Half-court set offensively, Bulls rank fourth, but the Heat rank fifth. They counter it pretty well. Offensively, in the half-court set, Heat rank 12th, Bulls rank 20th. You look at transition, you go, okay, maybe here's an advantage for Chicago. They're second in transition offense, and the Heat are 22nd in transition defense, so that could be a plus, right? Well, Miami's first in transition offense, and then you get the Bulls, who are 26th in transition defense. So what does this all equate to? Well, this could be a nice night for Miami and maybe another struggling effort against a solid team for Chicago. The spread opened up at three, ticked up immediately, three and a half, four, and now you're seeing it as high as four in the hook in favor of the Heat at home. Money line wise Miami's about minus buck 80, Chicago plus 148. What I've been actually really fascinated by is this total. This thing opened 225 and a half, and pretty much every total we've seen involving a Bulls game, it's either gone up or it started so high that it's moved down a little bit or hasn't moved whatsoever. But this one has seen some carry go to the under, 225 and a half, now down to 222. And again, because of how good this Miami defense can be and has been, I kind of understand why the momentum has gone that direction. I'm not saying I'm jumping on it because at the same time, it's still the Bulls defense we're talking about, and they could definitely let Miami go off or any other team for that matter. So it's hard to want to bet the under, and especially after you're missing it by about three and a half points. But I do agree with the movement toward the under for the full game. 
I probably think the Heat get the job done. Let's face it. The Bulls, home and road splits, not very favorable on the road. And Miami's a dominant team at home. And who knows how the Bulls are going to respond from this past weekend. When they need the role players to step up, it's just not happening. When they need rebounds, it's just not happening. That's why the Grizzlies won this past weekend. You need a big guy like Vooch to step up, who is kind of diminished when you get a healthier roster or you don't start him off quick enough. So those are the type of pieces that you need to be helpful for the Bulls to win these games, but it's just not really happening. So that drew my interest to Nikola Vucevic and looking at his prop for tonight. Now, we know Vooch kind of was volatile to begin this season, and he had his stretches, and then he kind of hit a dud. But when Levine had been out about a week or two leading into the All-Star break, Vooch is really dominating. I mean, he was playing like the guy you brought him over to be. We've talked about this. But since the two games, the Bulls have been back since the All-Star break. Both have featured Zach Levine. Well, Nikola Vucevic has taken a hit in terms of padding his stats once again. The last two games combined, he's gone 9 of 30 from the floor, 0 of 7 from beyond the arc in his total 23 points. I mean, you just can't have that. To get even further and more specific, against Miami this season in the first matchup, he went just 3 of 9 from the floor, only got 7 points. Second game at Miami, and let me tell you this, Bam Adebayo was not in that second game, so you would think Vooch could thrive. Well, no, he went 3 of 15 from the floor, just 10 points. Now, his points prop is as high as 17.5 at some shops, and the over is even money, under about minus 125. He's averaging 18 a game, and he's gone over 17.5 in 26 out of 54 games, but I just don't think this is a good spot. We have faded him in similar scenarios against opposing bigs that are really good on both ends of the floor or where his primary assignment is just trying to limit those bigs, a.k.a. Bam at a bio tonight on the Miami Heat. Now, we talk about Miami doing pretty well defensively. Vooch, his shot selection, the dominant area he goes from is mid-range. 44% of his shots come from there. He's making 45%. But as we know, Miami is limiting opponents, the 12th best defending mid-range, 41.5%. And Bam individually, assuming that's going to be his assignment, he's a very solid defender, right? He's minus 7.7 points that he allows to his defender per every 100 possessions those courtesy of cleaningtheglass.com. That puts him in the 93rd percentile. So if you don't understand it, long story short, Bam's a very good defender. And considering Vooch may be a little bit banged up in this game, and we've already seen him struggle in similar scenarios, I just don't think it's going to add up to a successful night offensively out of Nikola Vucevic. So I am playing him under 17.5 points for my first prop in this game at the price of minus 125. If you still see 16.5 out there and the price is even money, I think that's worth a look as well. Another under that I do want to take tonight, except this is going to be with a player on the opposing team, let's talk about Jimmy Butler. His points prop tonight is 23.5, overs even money, under minus buck 27 for Jimmy Buckets, who's averaging 22 points per game this season, but he's only got over 23.5 points in 16 out of 42 games. And he's played once against Chicago. That was the matchup at the United Center. Really not that great of an offensive performance. I mean, it was okay. He went 6 of 15 from the floor, 0 of 4 from beyond the three-point line, 6 of 7 from the charity stripe, got 18 points total. You look at his shot selections, 47% of his shots come from mid-range, 43% at the rim. He's making 40% of them from mid, 67% at the rim. 
And what's unique about this is typically when I'm looking to bet an opposing player against the Bulls, I'm looking to take overs because, well, the Bulls not great defensively as a whole and more specifically from defending the three-point range, well, they're pretty abysmal. But this is actually a spot where the Bulls are somewhat more successful in defending, being at the rim and from mid-range. The Bulls are limiting opponents to making 40% of their shots from mid-range. That's actually fifth best in the NBA. And then 63.4% at the rim, not too shabby. That's seventh. So I'm going to be looking to take Jimmy Butler under 23.5 points, minus 127. We're also taking Vooch under 17.5 points, minus 125. And I have one more player prop in this game, but I'll save that for the end of the show and tag that along with a hockey play we're rolling with tonight. But if you're more interested in more basketball action, don't forget to check out the Hardwood Handicappers podcast hosted by our guy, senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel. He looks at all the different games, unique matchups, and gives you all of these different betting angles. So be sure to check it out at bsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. All things NBA, JBT, he's got you covered. And we'll get you covered with more NBA coming up next. Nick Whalen previewing the slate tonight here on Rush Hour. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against a spread, our team is here to help you get ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from all of our experts, which includes Greg Hoops-Peterson on every key team, conference, and player to watch from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. So sign up today to get that betting guide plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th. And again, it's only $19. You can get a hold of that at VSIN.com slash madness. Welcome back into Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and naturally, because there's a Bulls game tonight, not only did we kick off the show previewing it, but we brought on Nick Whalen to talk about it, and his Bucks are playing too, so we got to include that, but welcome in, Nick, everybody. We're excited to get his thoughts on the slate tonight, so we might as well rip the Band-Aid off, Nick. We might as well get into that preview of the Bulls in the heat, and I feel like typically when we're talking about 
whoever they're playing when you're on, we usually have a little bit of optimism. However, tonight on the road against the Heat, I don't know if the optimism is really there. I mean, the spread's gone up to four and a half. We, we know the home and road splits for each respective team, and it favors the Heat more so than the Bulls. You think Chicago can at least kind of keep it closer? Would you not be shocked to see Miami just run through this team tonight? I think Chicago could keep it close. I'd be pretty surprised if this is a game that Miami wins running away. And and they are at home. Like you said, the spread has moved in favor of Miami within the last hour. But no Kyle Lowry for the Miami Heat tonight. And they are a deep team. They have a lot of options. Guys like Gabe Vincent, Max Struess. Uh, you know, the, the average fan had not heard of those guys like three months ago, and they've stepped up and, and played really good minutes for Miami this season. So losing Lowry, maybe not that big of a deal, but I don't think we can get too down on the Chicago Bulls for just one loss against a really good Memphis team that we're going to touch on later over the weekend. Um, I mean, that was a game that looked like it was getting away from Chicago. They battled back, made it a lot closer than I think it could have been. Uh, this is a team that, you know, it, it took me a while, but I'm really starting to trust Chicago night to night. So um, you know, maybe not a, a ton of reason to feel like Chicago's going to go into Miami and win this run running away, but uh, I, I think they can keep it close. I think not having Lowry maybe throws off Miami a bit defensively. To me, though, this comes down to Nick Vucevic, who is probable mm-hmm. for this game. He tweaked his ankle over the weekend. It's Vucevic versus Adebayo. If Nick Vucevic cannot slow down Bam Adebayo, who's been fantastic since coming back from his injury about a month ago, if he can't slow down Bam, Miami's going to win. If Vooch can slow down Bam, if those two guys kind of play it to a draw, I think I kind of like the Bulls to cover, especially if this were to get to five points before tip-off. I mean, the way DeMar DeRozan is playing right now, like we can't bet against this guy, Danny, right? And by the way, he's <laughs> minus 135 to score at least 30 tonight. How about it? I mean, who, who would have ever thunk that, right? I mean, DeMar DeRozan having right. a points prop as high as 30 and then having to lay a decent price on it. It's insane. insane. But you bring up very valid points, Nick. I mean, talking about Vucevic here, and I was talking about his player prop, it, in situations like this, he tends to falter a little bit. We saw him go on his spurt, but that is when Levine was out and he was really relied upon was Vooch to be – productive offensively but now that he's kind of the third option he takes a a seat back but you're right you need him to step up on both ends of the floor and to really get involved so that's a key matchup here and then what I also want to bring up that you mentioned that I thought was very sound is I I, it does kind of feel like everybody after that Memphis game is just kind of somber about everything I think because it was a matchup everyone was looking forward to and then there were the comparisons with John Morant and Derrick Rose but when I look at that game too though Nick it was a great comeback yes there were some things they did wrong but I look at that and go, well, if they had Caruso, if they had Lonzo Ball, I feel like Morant probably doesn't drop, what, 46 points, or at least yep. they could play a little bit better defensively toward the yeah. end. Right, and that's the thing. I mean, I think Chicago, you know, there's there's still this kind of lingering skepticism just because they weren't one of the incumbent three or four teams coming into the year that we expected to be near the top of the East. I think there's still some inherent skepticism, but you have to keep in mind, I mean, for one, they've played really well without Caruso and without Lonzo Ball. Uh, but those are their two best defenders by far, you know, and their point of attack guards, they don't have like this Rudy Gobert, big man type to kind of hold down the entire defense. They rely really heavily on their guards being strong defenders and stopping other guys from getting dribble penetration. And you take not only Lonzo ball out of the mix, but both he and Caruso, that's a huge deal. You know, I mean, that that's a, a major, major deal for a team that's big three, you know, in Vucevic, Levine and DeRozan, all those guys are offensive first players. So you take the, the defensive specialist essentially from this team and Chicago's still, you know, hanging around the one-two spot in the Eastern Conference. That's really impressive to me. And nobody's even mentioning the absence of Patrick Williams. I mean, it's been so long. The guy hasn't played since October. But, I mean, he might be the best overall defender 
on this team. So to me, you know, I wouldn't say you're, you're quite playing with house money because expectations have been raised. But man, to be without easily your three best defenders for huge chunks of the season, I think you have to be really impressed with where Chicago sits right now. Yeah, now you put it perfectly, man. I'm right there with you. Uh, tell us about your Bucks tonight, though, Nick. This matchup, I mean, it, it's unique, right? Because the Hornets are a team that we know can have some stardom every now and then, but they've been a tough team to back, it seems. And it, it's also intriguing because the spread's so high. I mean, ten and a half. Your Bucks laying it at home. This total is high as two thirty-eight. I've seen some people trend toward taking the points with the Hornets. Do you tend to agree with that side, or do you think Milwaukee can take care of business? Oh, this is a, a really tough one to pick. This spread at, at first glance, I think, looks a little too high, so I would be inclined to take Charlotte. I mean, it's it's a tough back-to-back. -back. They lose to Detroit last night on a Kelly Olynyk buzzer beater. That's like maybe one of the top five ways to potentially lose a game in the <laughs> NBA. Just, just, just crushing stuff. Uh, then you have to go to Milwaukee, but... I mean, I feel like I've been telling you all year, I'm waiting for Milwaukee to make that run, you know, where they win, you know, I don't know, 15 out of 17 games. And all of a sudden they look like the best team in the East. And right when it looks like they're about to take off, you know, they played really well at the start of February. And then they go into the break, losing to Philly. They come out of the break. They have that ugly loss to a shorthanded Nets team over the weekend. And they just have not been able to string that, that, that run of success together at any point this season. And they've especially struggled at home against the spread. They're 11 and 21. ATS at home this season. They're 9 and 19 ATS as a home favorite. So really not even cleaning up against a lot of the teams that they should be blowing out. Hornets, meanwhile, 17, 14, and 1 ATS on the road. They're 10, 6, and 1 as a road dog. Uh, they've been a tough team to figure out of late. Like I said, you lose at home to Detroit last night. Prior to that, you blow out the Raptors by 32. So those are you know completely different ends of the spectrum. But we've already seen Charlotte play Milwaukee close. They beat Milwaukee twice in three days in January. They lost by two in Milwaukee back in December. I think I got to take the Hornets to cover tonight. All right, Nick, let's move on and talk Cleveland and Minnesota. This was probably going to be a really exciting matchup if both teams were healthy, but we know Cleveland's missing some top guys, and it's showing on the spread with them catching about four points as a home dog. Total at 217.5. Because of those injuries, do you agree with the spread going up to four of the side of Minnesota? Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I get it. I mean, no Garland, uh, no Levert and, and no Rajon Rondo, which is sneaky, kind of a big thing, you know, even even in the year 2022, uh, when you're also missing Garland and Levert, you know, not having Rondo is, is a big deal. I mean, now it's Brandon Goodwin starting at point guard again for the Cavs tonight. So it's understandable, you know, why they opened as a home dog, why that line is moving more in favor of Minnesota. You look at, you know, the absence of Garland, that's the you know, the factor that we have a much bigger sample size for Levert obviously only been with the team for a few weeks. The Cavs are seven and six straight up without Garland this season. Uh, but of late, you know, with Garland dealing with that back injury, uh, you know, coming out of the break and even before that, Cleveland is 25th in offense over the last 10 games. The defense is maintained, you know, as long as those big guys are healthy, they're going to be a really good defense. But this team has really, really struggled to score without Garland. And then again, you take Levert and Rondo out of the equation and, and it's pretty easy to see, you know, why Minnesota uh, is, is the favored side here. So um, I, I think I'd feel better about it if this game was in Minnesota. But nonetheless, hard, hard to feel a lot of faith in this Cavs team that now is just really reliant on, you know, kind of defensive minded big men. All right, Nick, we got about a minute remaining. I know you alluded to it, this matchup with Memphis and San Antonio tonight. And the Grizzlies lane eight in the hook is a home favorite. How are we feeling about this game? 
it's a big number because I think San Antonio, especially after, you know, it parted ways with Derek White at the deadline, that kind of seemed like, all right, we're waving the white flag. We have DeJounte Murray, but other than that, we want to get a look at all these random young players on this roster. And, you know, that hasn't necessarily been the case so far. Like they're, they're, the Spurs are playing like the most fun brand of basketball that they've played in a very long time, uh, despite having a, a not very talented roster. I mean, this team is top 10 in offense uh, over the last 10 games, uh, top 10 in pace. You're not used to seeing that necessarily from the Spurs, but man, I mean, Memphis, as you saw firsthand over the weekend, I and mean, this team is a wagon right now. They have the best offensive yeah. rating in the NBA over the last 10 games. Uh, I actually like the over in this game as well. Last I saw was at 238. I think it's going to be a really fun up and down brand of basketball. You know, John Morant versus DeJounte Murray, two of the most fun players to watch in the league this season. I, I think DeJounte Murray has what he's done, you know, secondarily to a guy like DeRozan who deservedly starting to get a lot of attention. I, I don't think he's going to win MVP, but man, the season that DeJounte Murray is having, I mean, what a breakout he's been. Yeah, I mean, and him and Garland coming down to the wire for most improved players. So yeah. we'll see if, you know, DeJounte could kind of take over, but this is a game to showcase that you're right. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's been Spurs. a lot of fun. He's been keeping the Spurs into these games, but yeah, Grizzlies, man, they've been a train. I mean, got to hop on board with them now. Saw how the Bulls suffered, but hey, Nick, we are up against it, my man. Thank you for making some time and providing for, uh, some analysis as always. Hey, you bet, man. Thanks for having me. All right, you got it. Nick Whalen, folks. Coming up next, we're talking with Frank Hanrahan, some football and hoops. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion and surrounding your local teams, well, Bet Rivers has you covered because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you have these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and of course, Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts available and you get hooked up several episodes a week great local sports betting content. Welcome back to Rush Hour on this Monday evening. I'm Danny Burke, your host. And, well, speaking of the CityCast, we have the host of the Washington, D.C. CityCast joining us now, and that is Frank Hanrahan at Hanrahan on the tweets where you could follow him along. And I know the last time we had him on the program, we were uh, – we were, you know, testing the waters to see what he thought about the new name of the football team, now the Commanders. So we'll move aside from that a little bit, Frank, and kind of get to maybe some positive news of how you could improve your team. And, well, that's going to be addressing the quarterback situation. And for the odds for Deshaun Watson into where he could land this upcoming season, the Commanders actually the short shot in some spots, about 3-1. to one. Buccaneers about plus 350. Steelers 9-1 to one, along with the Saints. Do you actually think that could come to fruition to Sean Watson as the next quarterback of the newly named Commanders? I mean, if I'm in the Commanders PR unit, I'm going, there's no chance in heck we can do this because of all the issues that we already have with our franchise. We have a owner of our team who's being investigated for sexual harassment, and we have a quarterback who's being investigated for sexual harassment. There's no way in heck we can bring Deshaun Watson on. But then again, I think this franchise, Danny, has, has, has hit rock bottom maybe five or ten times. So why not one more time and use the excuse of, hey, <laughs> we really need a quarterback. I mean, sometimes 
fans will look the other way and say, you know what, you're right. We do need a signal caller to finally bring us back to some sort of relevancy. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson's a very attractive quarterback. As a signal caller, every year he seems to get better. In 2020, he had a ton of touchdown throws, uh, over 30 and not many INTs. But it's off-field issues that obviously got him planted on the uh, sideline all last year. And I guess we'll find out maybe in a month or so what's going to be his future in terms of all these these alleged cases against him. So when that air is cleared, maybe we'll have a better idea of where the, the commanders are going. But at uh, you know 300 to 1, you might as well put a little flyer on that that it may happen because, like I said, they are in such desperate need of a quarterback. And when you've got desperate times, sometimes you go to desperate measures. Yeah, and you bring up a very valid point, right? I mean, logistically and PR-wise, it seems like it would not be the relationship you want to form. And not only with Washington, but I guess really with any team in general because of the unknown of Deshaun Watson and his playing availability. That's what would be my concern with bringing him along. And I guess from you being someone who covers the team, you being a fan, so to speak, of this squad, would you personally maybe prefer they explore the draft because of the unknowns of Deshaun Watson? Or do you think maybe just have some patience and this isn't the best draft class in general? So if you can't go after him, why not do it? Yeah, I think, honestly, I would, I would not like the move just because of what is hovering around the franchise. And I would say, oh, here we go again with this squad making a bad decision in terms of, again, alleged character issues off the field. And the draft is not another issue owner. Let's go ahead and bring on Frank in just a second. We're going to try to reset his connection. I know we're having some difficulties right now. But, again, what I was getting into involving Deshaun Watson, is it worth bringing on his unknowing future right now? the baggage he clearly has with him to a franchise that is already dealing with so much scrutiny revolved in the same ballpark of all of these bad issues really right now. And also what you have to consider bringing on to Sean Watson, look, maybe you're going to get him at a better price or for, you know, less things you got to give up because of all that baggage. But I just think if you're this commander's team right now, I just think you're kind of in purgatory in a sense because you're not really that deep with the quarterback class in this draft right now. You could go explore a veteran quarterback, any of the other guys who are out there. Mitch Trubisky is a guy you could bring up right now. Jimmy Garoppolo, if they want to dish him out of San Francisco and you're getting Trey Lance going right away. So there are other options, even Jameis Winston right now, right? I mean, there's a lot of people you can also explore instead of taking that gamble on Deshaun Watson, knowing it's going to be bad PR, taking a gamble on one of the quarterbacks in the draft class that we're not even rating is that high. So maybe that may be your best option, but there's a lot of ways you can go about it. But again, if you're curious about some of these odds, it looks like the commanders are 3-1 to one for Deshaun Watson to be his next team. The Bucks at plus 350, Steelers, Saints at 9-1, to one. Vikings, Texans, Broncos at 10-1. to one. The Vikings being there is kind of appalling to me but then you get the Panthers at 12 to 1 in that same list but this offseason actually is going to be very fascinating to see where some of these pieces end up and what it's going to start with presumably is the decision of Aaron Rodgers and maybe we'll find out tomorrow I think is when he always goes on the Pat McAfee show and you know the last time he went there he kind of teased everybody with his Instagram post he had his 12-day cleanse he said he hasn't decided anything yet you're doing a 12-day cleanse, you probably decide what you want for your future throughout that time. But I'm assuming we'll maybe find out about Aaron Rodgers tomorrow or Wednesday, whatever day he usually goes on, and then the rest of the dominoes will fall in place or at least start 
to progress in that motion. And I think we got Frank back on the horn. But, Frank, let's let's finish your thoughts here on Deshaun. I know we were saying whether you personally would look to try to get him if you were in charge of the commanders or explore the draft. Or like I was saying, too, maybe you could go in just the veteran quarterback market with some of the names available as of this moment. Yeah, this is a really tough question, Danny. And I, you know, I'm not a big fan of bringing in a guy with baggage like Deshaun Watson. I don't think Coach Ron Rivera can do that. And if he's not going to go to the young quarterback via the draft, um, yeah, what are you going to do in terms of free agency? There are some names out there that aren't that sexy, but are they going to do another bridge year, right? Like they sort of did this season uh, with Fitzpatrick before they had to go to Heineke. Uh, you know, I've been in the tank for trying to make a move for Russell Wilson. I know that's another big name out there. Um, so if you're going to, if you're going to swing, swing big, uh, I, I don't think a free agent quarterback like, uh, uh, you know, who's out there like Mitchell Trubisky is like the new uh, buzzword out there. I mean, come on, <laughs> that's insane. So if it's not a big name, then I, I don't know what to tell you. But like I said, I just don't think this franchise can afford to bring in Deshaun Watson, especially at this juncture. All right, Frank, let's switch over, talk a little bit of hoops, not only for tonight. I know you got one play, but first I really quick wanted to yeah. ask you about this futures bet. For the Wizards to make the playoffs, 20 to 1 are the odds you can get at Bet Rivers. And of course, you got to consider the playing game. They're right outside of that 10th seed. They're two and a half games back from Atlanta. Washington, they have their moments, but they've also been dealing with injuries. Is that worth the flyer, or are you just like, you know what, hold off on this Wizards team doing anything in the postseason this year? Uh, you know what, at 20 to 1, I don't mind that. I know that that is something they are actually trying to shoot for. You can see teams that are saying, hey, we're just going to pack it in and try to get a draft pick. Their owner, Ted Leontis, through the years has, has always said, hey, we are never going to tank. So I'm sure the the direction is, hey, we're trying to get into the playing game at least. And that, that counts as the postseason last time I checked. You know, they've got some young pieces. Uh, they, they've thrown away some games that they would have, could have, should have won. So at 20 to 1, I, I actually kind of like that. I would actually put a little, a little flyer on that because right now I think they're just a couple games out of the final spot. So, yeah, why not? I like it. Yeah, or you could do the playoff seating under 10.5 plus 475 for a little bit more security, Ooh. but definitely some value with this Wizard squad looking forward. Uh, Frank, before we let you go here, my man, we got about a minute or so remaining. I know you got some skin in the game tonight for the NBA. Tell us about your play with Minnesota and Cleveland this evening. I, I love Minnesota on the road, minus three. Anytime the T-Wolves are a favorite on the road, I think you got to take them. I do this a lot with some of my plays where you see teams that are rarely favorites on the road, like a Sacramento, like the San Antonio Spurs were at, at our Wizards on Friday night. They were favored by three, one by four. Uh, the Wizards gave away the game to Cleveland a couple nights ago. Uh, the Cavaliers have won eight straight at home. So you're thinking this is probably going to be another Cavaliers victory. This is where I go a little contrarian. I'll take Minnesota minus the three tonight on the road to get that victory. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's my big play tonight. Uh, we'll see how that shakes out. Yeah, T-Wolves minus the three, Danny. All righty, Frank. Well, hey, we appreciate it, my man, and we'll look forward to rooting that bet home with you. But thank you, as always, for making <laughs> some time and looking forward to catching up again soon. Yes, sir. Thanks, Danny. See you, man. You got it. At J. Frank Hanrahan, where you can follow him on Twitter again. If you want any and all things Washington, D.C., he's got you hooked up with the D.C. CityCast. But again, we're going through that NBA slate. And yeah, Minnesota, now they're up to four, actually. 
Cleveland going to be missing Lavert, going to be missing Garland and Rajon Rondo, as we were also discussing with Nick Whalen, and that has pushed the spread up to four in favor of Minnesota. That game going to be tipping off in about 20 minutes. But look, both solid teams with a young core. Obviously, Cleveland's doing a little bit better than Minnesota, but tonight things could change with the healthier roster. Minnesota seeming to get all the love on the spread now up to four. So I know we began things in this show talking about the NBA and that Bulls game tonight. I left off one bet that I did make in that spot. We'll come back with that, and then I'll also give you a play I got in hockey this evening. So we'll recap all of that and give you two more plays for Danny's Dimes as we round out a Monday edition of Rush Hour here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. No more football? Well, no problem. Because Bet River Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, pro basketball, and much more. So don't miss out on Bet River's many daily specials, or you could try your hand at live player props or same game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers. So get started with Life After Football with the Bet Rivers app. Okay, folks, it is time for our final segment on this Monday evening. Welcome back into Rush Hour here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. You can follow me on Twitter at Danny Burke 5 or VSIN at VSIN Live. So, since it is our final segment, let's go ahead and tee it up for my best bets this evening, aka Danny's Dimes, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a basketball prop to add to the two we already discussed, and we'll recap those. And then don't forget, Get, we've got one on the ice as well. But let's begin with that prop. We ran out of time before it could get into revolving around the Bulls in the Heat game. We already had two of those props, but the third and final one involves Duncan Robinson tonight. Now, his points prop was at about 10 and a half, and why that's interesting to begin with is because for whatever reason, Duncan Robinson has just absolutely thrived against the Bulls in two games this season. He's averaged 21 points. And when you're looking at what he does offensively, well, we know him as a three-point shooter, but he's even more than that. I mean, he's in the 99th percentile of shot attempts from three. 84% of his attempts come from beyond the arc, and he's making 36% of them. 
As we all know, the Bulls are poor at defending anything from beyond the arc. They're allowing opponents to make about 37% of their threes, which is 28th worst in the association. Now, overall this season, he's averaging three three-point field goals made on 8.3 attempts per game. He's gone over it in both of the matchups against the Bulls so far this season. So the first game at Chicago went 6 of 14 from the floor, 4 of 11 beyond the arc, and tallied 16 total points. Then the next game, the next time rather, they played against Chicago. He went 9 of 13, 5 of 9 from deep, 3 of 3 from the charity stripe, 26 points is what he totaled. So the reason I'm not doing his points over 10 and a half is because the odds are minus 113 each way. And if you look at his three-point field goals made, the over is even money with it set at two and a half. The under is minus 127. So he got over his points of 10 and a half in the first two meetings against Chicago, right? But he also went over his three-point field goals prop at two and a half. So assuming that the two are going to be correlated, why wouldn't you do the over two and a half three-point field goals made for a price of even money rather than over 10 and a half points at minus 113? He's gone over the threes of two and a half in 28 out of 58 games. He's gone over 10 and a half points in 27 out of 58 games. Plus, aside from just getting a better price, there's always a chance that Duncan Robinson could maybe just make three three-point field goals End up with nine points. You'd cash the three-point field goals prop, but you'd stay under his points prop of ten and a half. Folks, it's a unique situation because no one's shooting this many shots from three like a Duncan Robinson is. So that's why I think because of the price, because of the amount of volume of shots he's taking from three, that's where most frequently it is going to come tonight against one of the worst teams defending from beyond the arc. So the prop that I also played tonight for that game, Duncan Robinson over two-and-a-half, three-point field goals made over at the price of even money. Let's hope Duncan Robinson can hit a few triples and uh, the Bulls can still pull out a dub aside for that. But really quick, uh, the other two props I did make in this game, aside from Duncan Robinson over two-and-a-half threes, we did Jimmy Butler under 23-and-a-half points minus 127. Jimmy stayed under that the first time against the Bulls. He shoots a majority of his shots from mid-range and at the rim. And as bad as this Bulls defense has been, they've actually done pretty well in those specific spots. From three-point land, no bueno. The other two, not too shabby. So Jimmy Butler probably going to be more of a facilitator. And if Levine's matched up against him, Levine's actually been somewhat of an improvement on the defensive side of things. So I think Jimmy is just not going to have enough to get over 23 in the hook. And then the other prop we had, Nikola Vucevic under 17.5 points, minus 125. Vooch, man, Vooch has been very frustrating, very awesome. He's been all of these things. He's very volatile. But when Levine's been back in the mix and since the All-Star break, Vooch has not been that great. And I get it. It's a small sample size of two games. But in similar situations such as this, going against dominant big men or just guys who are bigger than him and can body him, he struggles. I mean, the first game versus Miami, he only had seven points. Even in the second game against Miami, where Bam Adebayo wasn't even playing, Vooch only got 10 points on 3 of 15 shooting. These past two games, total, he's 9 of 30 from the floor, 0 of 7 from deep, and he's only gotten 23 points in the span of two games. And Miami does defend mid-range fairly well, 12th best in the NBA, and that's where a majority of Vooch's shots are coming from. And Bam Adebayo, a very solid defender, should be a tough night for Vooch. I took him under 17.5 points. So again, just to recap, for this game, for the Bulls and the Heat, 
Jimmy Butler under 23 and a half. Vooch under 17 in the hook. And then Duncan Robinson over two and a half, three-point field goals made. Now let's move on to hockey, though. We're doing pretty decent with hockey this season. 31 and 20 is our record. Hit our parlay on Friday night, looking to keep things going in the rink. And tonight we have a small slate, but there was a game that I did think could be favorable. And this is out on the West Coast. Let's take it to Los Angeles, where the Kings are hosting the Bruins of Boston. And we see Boston currently at Bet Rivers as about a minus 125 favorite. Now, I actually thought this line would shoot up a little bit more so, but right now they're minus one and a quarter as a road favorite. And that's right where I took him at on the money line tonight against the Kings. The reason I took the Bruins is that despite the Kings being on a nice five game win streak right here, Boston's on a win streak themselves, but of four games. And during this five-game win streak by the Kings, you kind of got to take into account who the competition has been. It's been VGK, who, yeah, still a solid team, I guess, or people hold them to high expectations. But, I mean, they've been banged up. They got no consistent goaltending. I don't really hold that much confidence in the Golden Knights. They beat the Coyotes twice, the worst team in hockey. Then they beat the Ducks. Eh, not, nothing too impressive going on there. And then the Islanders, okay, so be it, an average team from time to time. But the Kings, yes, they've done very well in the stretch, but now they're actually getting fierce competition in Boston in a team that's on a four-game win streak and finally pretty much has all their guys back in the mix. And you have to also consider that the Kings, this latest stretch of their schedule, may not be favorable to their legs here. I mean, they've played three games in the past four days. But let's look further into it with the goalie situation. So originally it looked like Yulmark was going to be tending the pipes for Boston, which he's been fine, but he hasn't really been doing as well is Jeremy Swayman, and now it looks like Jeremy Swayman is getting the nod, which I thought would push up this price a little bit more so in favor of Boston. But as we see it right now, it's still about minus 125. But Swayman's been great. I mean, he's 12-7-3, 2.04 goals against average, and a save percentage of 93% overall this season. He's got two shutouts as well. Well, it just so happens those two shutouts have occurred on the road, where he's been very successful. 7-2-2, two, two, 1.54 goals against average in a save percentage of 94.4% along with those two shutouts. So I think it's even more reason to look to the side of Boston tonight because they got Swayman tending the pipes. As for the Kings, will you get the old vet, Jonathan Quick? Uh, he's going to be starting tonight, and he's had an okay season. I mean, he's 14-10-6. and six. 2.55 goals against average, same percentage of 91%. He's also got two shutouts at home, not the greatest, 7-7-2, seven, seven 2.64 goals against average, and a save percentage again at 91%, and one of the shutouts did come at home. I think the streak for the Kings ends tonight. I think Boston's the better team, more talented, a little bit more rested in this spot, and with the better goaltender. So I'm going with the Bruins in this spot, and I laid minus 125 on the money line with Boston on the road against the LA Kings. That game doesn't start till 9.30 p.m. Central Time, so you don't have to rush to get that one, but the Bulls and Heat game does start relatively soonish. I think, yeah, 6.30 p.m. Central Time is tip-off, but should be a fun night of sports all throughout. So we always say best of luck with whatever you play, and in case you missed it, here's a recap of all the plays all together. Nikola Vucevic under 17.5 points tonight at the price of minus 125. Jimmy Butler, under 23.5 points, minus 127. And then the final prop for that basketball game, Duncan Robinson, over 2.5, three-point field goals made at even money. And then for hockey, going with Boston on the money line on the road against the Kings, minus 125. 
And again, if you kind of missed it earlier for that Bulls and Heat game, my overall thoughts on the game, I don't really have that much faith in the Bulls to get the job done. It's not that I don't think they can compete with the Heat. It's not that I don't think they're necessarily or that the Heat are that much of a better team. It's more so that these home and road splits have really killed the Bulls. Them missing their top defenders have really killed the Bulls. Vooch, like Nick Whalen was saying, he's got to step up. I don't believe it's going to happen. He hasn't led us to believe it will in these similar situations, hence why we're fading his points prop down. So I probably would go with the heat here. I'd go with the total going under, but we've already seen a lot of movement. But nevertheless, best of luck, folks. Take care, and we'll catch up again tomorrow here on Rush Hour. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.